the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. And Lord, again, help us to make this time of prayer fruitful, to listen to you. What do you have to tell me today? How can I be that better person? How can I find that fulfillment that you want from me? And we find the answer in the topic of our prayer today, which is the Beatitudes. But let us begin by considering what the world would answer if we ask them, what will make you happy? What do you seek? What are your goals in life? And they would probably answer something like this. Well, financial security, wealth, money in the bank so that I don't have to worry about paying my bills. But Lord, you tell us, blessed are the poor in spirit. And they would say, I don't want any suffering. I don't want any pain. I don't want any loss. And you tell us, Blessed are those who mourn. And the world would say, I want power. I want control over others. And you say, Blessed are the meek. And they would say, I want to love myself. I want that self-confidence, that self-assurance. And you say, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for holiness. And the world would say, I want others to serve me. I want to be looked after very well by others. And Lord, you say, Blessed are the merciful, those who look after others and serve them and help them. And the world would say, I want the pleasures of sex, of food, of drink, whatever. And Lord, you say, No, blessed are the pure in heart. And the world would say, I want to win out over others. I have this business, you understand, and I want to gain market share and rule the market. And Lord, you say, blessed are the peacemakers. And the world would say, I don't want anybody to challenge me or to attack me. And Lord, you say, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake the opposite of what the world seeks and, to some extent, what we seek. And, Lord, it is so important that we pray now about your formula for what will give us that true happiness, that true fulfillment. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church says of the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes depict the countenance of Jesus Christ and portray his charity. They are a portrait, Lord, of you. You are the one who lives them to the full. 
and show us the way to happiness. And the Catechism again, they express the vocation of the faithful associated with the glory of his passion and resurrection. They shed light on the actions and attitudes, characteristics of the Christian life. Our vocation to blessedness, to beatitude, follows this way. These should characterize our Christian life. They are the paradoxical promises that sustain hope in the midst of tribulations. Paradoxes, the opposite of what human logic would say would give us happiness. But they do sustain hope in the midst of tribulations because we will always have suffering, tribulation in some degree. They proclaim the blessings and rewards already secured, however dimly, for Christ's disciples. When we live them, we have that blessing, those rewards already here on earth, and we will have them to the full in heaven. And finally, they have begun in the lives of the Virgin Mary and all the saints. And we look to Our Lady, too, as the model of the Beatitudes and all of the saints, and remembering that we, too, are called to holiness. And one of the Beatitudes will mention that. And now, let us consider each one in particular. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And when we say blessed, we should understand what that means. It does not mean happiness in the human, superficial sense of a joy, of a happiness that comes when we are healthy and contented. We may not find that sort of happiness when we say blessed are those who mourn. That is incompatible with that superficial human gaiety. Our Lord is saying, blessed, you are blessed by God. You will have that true, deep beatitude, that true, deep blessedness that we will have to the full in heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit, which does not mean poor materially, because a Christian might have wealth, might have great wealth, some of the saints are kings and queens who undoubtedly had great wealth. What it means to be poor in spirit is to be detached from whatever goods we have. And yes, we too would like to have money in the bank and financial security, but always detached from it, to be able to give it away, to be generous with it not to acquire goods that we don't need, not to have that extravagance of showing others how wealthy we are, to be detached like Mary and Joseph, and Lord, you who had no place to lay your head. And you elaborate on that later in the same Sermon on the Mount. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, 
where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And people who want wealth and have money in the bank and many possessions can lose them overnight in various ways. But Lord, that treasure stored up in heaven, we can't lose. Where is my heart? Because you say, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where is my heart? Is it in my possessions? Is it in my wealth? Or is it in you, treasure stored up in heaven? And you go on, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We might have God and mammon in the sense that we do have some wealth. All people have some degree of wealth, but we can't serve mammon. We can't serve that wealth, that money, those possessions to have our heart in you. And then you say, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Lord, when we seek you and help us to do that, then whatever we have in the way of wealth and security we have, and Mary and Joseph had very little. And Lord, you had very little, no place to lay your head. And you were often hungry looking for the figs or the ears of corn in the corn fields. Heart in God, not in goods. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And why blessed are those who mourn? Because Grief will come for everyone at some stage in their life. We lose loved ones in the sense that they die, or they go away, or they get very sick. We suffer for them. We mourn for them. And as it has been said, grief is the price of love. When we love, of course, we will mourn the loss of a loved one, but we shall be comforted, comforted here by the knowledge that this loved one is close to God, is going to heaven, or has died, and we pray that they will be taken to heaven soon if they are not there already. We are always comforted when we love and we experience the loss of loved ones. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Not the powerful, not those who lord it over others. Blessed are the meek. And Lord, you are the model, and you said so. Learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. And then blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And we might ask, 
What is this righteousness, holiness, sometimes translated, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. And justice with God is giving him our whole heart and soul and mind and strength. Holiness, doing the will of God, loving God fully. They shall be satisfied. And Lord, we know that. When we put our heart in you, you can satisfy us because you are the infinite good. We seek happiness. We find it when we find it good. But only when we find you truly, the infinite good, are we truly satisfied. And for that reason, St. Augustine writes in his confessions, Lord, you made us for you. And our heart is restless until it rests in you. We will be fully satisfied when our heart is in you. And that already here on earth. The saints are the happiest people. And above all, when we get to heaven, that fullness of happiness. And we know that wealth cannot give the happiness we seek. And simply to consider that some of the wealthiest people on earth are the most unhappy. Because wealth alone doesn't give happiness. Human relationships, love, fellowship can, but not wealth on its own. And Lord, fellowship with you, love for you, gives us the fullness of happiness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for holiness. We are all called to holiness, because you have loved us first. Help us to love you more. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Not blessed are those who can look down on others who are suffering, but blessed are the merciful, who can assist them in any way that they possibly can. To have that commiseration, to suffer with, that compassion for those who are less fortunate. This is to find you, because, Lord, you said it, I was hungry, you gave me to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. I was naked, and you clothed me. You are the one there in that person who is asking for help, in that person that is suffering. Help us to have a big heart to help those, not only to feel for them, but to help them in any way we can, to be merciful towards them. And as you say, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And we might obtain it from people on earth, and we will always obtain it from you. We have already obtained it from you. In our being Christians, in our baptism, your mercy, in the forgiveness of our sins. We could never make up fully for one venial sin committed against your infinite majesty, but you forgive us. We are that servant of the parable who was forgiven the debt of 10,000 talents. We have been forgiven for all of our sins. But Lord, help us now to have mercy on our fellow human beings. 
because that servant in the parable, having been forgiven 10,000 talents, did not show mercy to his fellow servant, who owed him only 100 denarii, or 100 days' wages. He was forgiven millions. He could not forgive a few thousand. Lord, help us. If we want your mercy, and we have already received your mercy, to show mercy, kindness to our fellow human beings. And we open the Gospel of St. Luke to the sixth chapter, where again you explain this. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. And Lord, open our eyes to see the suffering of others, and open our hearts to help them. And you go on, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. And help us to learn that, to be generous with those around us. The measure we give will be the measure we get back. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And what a contrast with the ways of life of so many around us who are seeking only pleasure, sexual pleasure, the pleasures of food, of drink, perhaps of gambling, of having many goods, whatever pleasures they may be. Lord, help us not to seek the human pleasures, but to put our heart in you, to have that chastity, to have that purity of heart. Then we shall see God. And if we put ourselves in the place of somebody who is very sensuous, seeking only the human material pleasures of life, can they see God? Can they pray open to God? They push God out of their life. Their goal is just human pleasures. But when we are living chastity, when our heart is pure and our body is pure, then we can pray. Then we are close to you. Then we can see you. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And Lord, when we look around at our world, at every level, in the family, so much division, sometimes between husbands and wives, between parents and children, 
between one child and another, between these people and their in-laws or other people and their extended families, even within the family, division, hard feelings towards one another. And the devil is very happy. His very name, Diabolos in Greek, means to throw across, to divide. The devil divides. God unites. Lord, you said it in the Last Supper in the 17th chapter of St. John's Gospel. Father, that they may all be one, as you, Father, in me, and I in you, that they may be one, as we are one. In the Blessed Trinity, all is one. And you want us to be united, and the devil wants to divide us. We see this going back to Genesis, where the devil is there to tempt Adam and Eve and divides them from God. If they eat the fruit of that tree, they will be like God, knowing good and evil. And then they were separated from God. And then they were separated from each other. And when God asks them, have you eaten of the fruit? Adam points the finger at Eve. She tempted me. And Eve points the finger at the serpent, the devil. He tempted me. Lord, help us to be united with you and united with others and to foster peace, harmony in this world, to build bridges and not walls. There are too many walls already. Help us to tear them down and to build bridges of harmony, of unity between people. We see the division in the family. We see it in workplaces, the employees against their bosses, this employee against that one. We see it within countries, this political party, that faction against the other. We see it in the world, this country, against that one. So much division. And Lord, how important this beatitude is. And we can all do something to live it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And then the eighth. And let us read the full text of it. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. Is it true that we can be blessed when we are persecuted? Of course, because when we stand up for what you have taught us, when we stand up for those human and Christian values, we will be persecuted. We will be considered frightfully out of touch, old-fashioned, ridiculed, we stand for life from the moment of conception until natural death. And so we are against abortion and against euthanasia. And we might get criticized for that. We are for marriage as the union of a man and a woman for life. 
and some people can't understand that. And we are for people accepting that God-given sex with which they were born in this age in which that transgender movement is so strong. And little children are caught up in it. One of the girls or boys in their class wants to be of the opposite sex, and they want to be too. And schools and educational authorities and sometimes even parents are going along with it, and that is nothing short of child abuse. Because, as one study has shown, by the time they reach late adolescence, and let us consider the age of 18, 98% of boys who wanted to be girls have accepted their masculinity. And 88% of girls who wanted to be boys have accepted their femininity to encourage them through various ways to adopt a different sex is child abuse. And Lord help us not to do that. We stand for those human and Christian values that you have taught us and that lead the world to its true flourishing to that true happiness that you want for us. And in this day and age, to stand up for these values will lead to our persecution. But you had told the apostles that that would happen. And let us read your words in the 15th chapter of St. John's Gospel. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Lord, if we were of the world, if we were worldly, if we had those same pagan ideas of others, they would love us. They love to see someone with their same sense of values or lack of thereof. But because we do not share those values, the world hates us. And you go on, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all this they will do to you on my account because they do not know him who sent me. Those pagans, those many people around us, Lord, don't know you, don't know the goodness, the love that you want for us, the happiness that you want for us. They don't know the way. They don't know you who are the way, the truth, and the life. And we must be the ones to show it to them. And Pope Benedict, years ago, expressed this when he said, our Lord said, you are the salt of the earth. He didn't say, you are the sugar of the earth, something that is pleasing to everyone. No, we are the salt. We challenge, we give flavor to the world, to the lives of human beings. If we live these beatitudes, then we find that true fulfillment of which we read in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation describing heaven. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no man could number, 
from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits upon the throne, and to the Lamb. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night within his temple. And he who sits upon the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Lord, help us to learn and live the Beatitudes. Then we find that true happiness here and in heaven. And we ask Our Lady, you too are the model of the Beatitudes. Help us to live them. Show the world a different way, a way of true happiness. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. I ask your assistance in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.